This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Some of us dream of being small business owners. Combining a smart business head with another's passion for homebrewing can be a great recipe for success. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. In this episode, I'm in Seattle, Washington, in the neighborhood of Ballard. Despite an already established craft beer scene within the local community, Lucky Envelope Brewing, started by two friends in 2014, slotted in perfectly and didn't take long to make their mark. My name is Raymond. I'm the director of operations and co-founder. My name is Barry. I'm the brewmaster. How long ago did Lucky Envelope start? We formed our LLC in 2014, uh, but we didn't open our tasting room doors to the public until May of 2015. And where does the name Lucky Envelope come from? Name comes from the Chinese tradition of the elderly generation giving the younger generation the red envelopes filled with paper money. Uh, particularly during Chinese New Year, but you might also see it uh, during major uh, life milestones and events such as getting married or having a child or graduating school. The act of giving the envelope, and roughly translated from the Mandarin word for the envelope, it means red pouch, red envelope, uh, which some people refer to as the lucky envelope. Right. So whose idea was it to uh, open the brewery anyway and uh, get things started? It was a combination of the efforts between uh, Raymond and myself. Ray is always, he always wanted to own his own business. So uh, when you get down to the nitty gritty of operating a business, it's it doesn't really change from uh, one business to another in, some, in, in a lot of respects. That was his passion and mine was always brewing. Um, I was a home brewer before I started. We started conversing when we were pitching business ideas and we always kind of came back to a brew pub or a sports bar. And then we kind of scaled it back at some point to a brewery because we realized that we are not restaurateurs. And uh, the restaurant business is uh, notoriously difficult to, to function and, and to, make a, to make a profit. So how long were you homebrewing before then, Barry? Um, I started homebrewing in 2008. So I got my first homebrew kit from Bob's Homebrew in the University Village. It's actually how a couple breweries in our neighborhood started. From there, started doing extract batches and getting into the processes, um, starting to understand the chemistry behind it. And from there, I went to All Grain and then started entering some homebrew competitions, started doing well there, and um, just kind of followed that dream that a lot of people follow. So Raymond, when you tried Barry's beer, 
did you think, oh yeah, this is something really good here? Yeah. So I had started helping Barry with his homebrews in a very minimal fashion, probably in 2011, 2012 timeframe. So that was a few years after he started. While I enjoyed the process and helping out, um, definitely more a fan of just drinking the beer at the end of the process. Fell in love with his beers from the get-go. He is a big German lager fan, and those are my favorite styles of beer. So really happy with that. So how did you decide then to open up in this neighborhood? So when we were first looking for our property, we definitely looked at various neighborhoods around town, both accessible by vehicle, but others that were a little harder to get to. And we landed with Ballard, one, because... There are other breweries in this neighborhood. There's actually nine of us now. There used to be 10 when we first started. And it was essentially one of the destination points for craft beer drinkers. And we felt like being in a community and in a neighborhood with such a high density of breweries was a very positive thing. Uh, We're all friends with each other. We're all supportive of one another. And so this location seemed to be a really good fit with what we were going for with our brewery. And when you opened, how long did it take you to get some response from the community and how long did it take you to get some regular customers? So I'll say that the the response of the brewery uh, was, was very positive. People definitely appreciated the fact that we had our lager uh, right out of the gate, uh, which uh, a lot of people said was risky, but we had we had faith in the processes that we have and it turned out really, really well. Ballard has a, there's a, there's a very dedicated group of beer consumers that wander the Ballard area on a very regular basis. So our our stream of regulars started relatively early. They, they make the rounds in between um, the other breweries and then stop at our place. But um, and then we have a couple people uh, over time that kind of build up that rapport. Raymond, what's the size of your tasting room downstairs? Our tasting room is probably about 900 square feet. We have an outdoor patio that we open up in the warmer months. Uh, and with that patio, we're probably upwards of uh, 75 to 85 people. So is your local neighborhood and community your main target area, or are you shipping beer across the state yet? So currently we have our tasting room uh, here in Ballard, and we also distribute our beer via wholesale channels around uh, the Seattle area. And so we're regularly on draft at local bars and restaurants and um, bottle shops. And we're hoping that by summer of 2017, we'll be on retail shelves as well. Has anything changed since you've opened in terms of the style of beers you're doing, Barry? Or are you still sticking to that kind of traditional German model? We definitely explore other styles. Uh, One of my personal favorite styles of beer is that German lager style. So for me, it was my goal to generally have a lager on tap in the tasting room as much as possible. And so far, we've been able to accommodate that. We have an IPA, um, our ENIAC Mosaic IPA, which has kind of been become our flagship, a nice staple beer that uh, a lot of the, that fits the Northwest palate. In terms of the other beers, a lot of those are ones that I developed as a home brewer, but they, they kind of round out the profile for beers that people might like to drink. Um, you know, we generally have a darker beer. We have our, uh, we have our red on tap now, which, uh, has been very well received. And, um, what I will say is we do have a, a pilot system that we try to brew on very regularly, which, and which is, it's my old home brewing system. So it's a 15 gallon system. That's a lot of the ways that, uh, Josh, our assistant brewer and myself get to play around with beers. And then we can also use that as a vetting process in the tasting room, where if we think the beer is, is of good quality and it's something that we could produce on a higher level, 
uh, we can release it in the tasting room, see how the feedback is, and then we can decide if we want to scale it up to a larger batch. I, I would say overall, my methodology for crafting beer hasn't really changed where it's brew a lot of different beers or hone in those recipes. And in the recipes that are su- successful, you want to hone in on, um, get them get them dialed in, and then you can scale it up and um, get it out for, for larger distribution. And what's the size of your main brew system? Our main system is a 15-barrel brew house. And how often are you brewing? Right now, we are brewing about once a week. But as we as we continue to grow, we see it increasing. Um, you know, we probably we have four batches in the next two weeks that we need to brew. Raymond, are there any plans for expansion at the moment, or are you just kind of happy with the size as it is? No, we we, we set out with a fifteen barrel system, which is actually a larger system for a new brewery. Uh, the feedback we received when we were planning everything out was to go as large as we could afford, and so we took that feedback to heart and we got the fifteen barrel system. We have three 15-barrel fermenters in the back of house that are operational. We just got a 60-barrel fermenter in that we're hooking up and hope to have operational in the next week or two. And we also have uh, 15 wine barrels. We're starting up our barrel-aged program. So there are a lot of uh, avenues we're, we're moving towards right now in terms of expansion. So the barrel program is the new piece that we're adding in. And hopefully those beers will be ready to go in about six months. Uh, we have the 60-barrel fermenter that we just purchased and we hope to get operational, and that will be initially focused on mass-producing our Hellas lager. And then in the future, we do plan on, obviously, adding more tanks as well as pushing this retail distribution, hopefully getting cans and bottles out to retail shelves by next year. Did you have any delays while you were getting set up? I mean, did you have any problems with the city or permitting or anything like that to uh, delay you from opening up here in the first place? I think like every other construction project, we definitely had our hiccups here and there. Overall, the process was as expected. Um, not the smoothest process, but also not the worst process. And uh, I think that working with the federal government and the state government in terms of our liquor licenses was, for the most part, as expected. And then working with the city of Seattle on all of our permits, there was a lot of back and forth, but everybody was Uh, very open about communication and explaining why we had to do things a certain way. And at the end of the day, you know, we just had to do what they asked of us and we executed. The build out took us about nine months, which was a little longer than we had hoped. But part of that was just the holiday season and a lot of our vendors not being available to do a lot of the work. If somebody was wanting to go down this path, uh, what would be some advice that you could give them? Uh, I think that, you know, business planning for one is is a good option. There's a lot of local resources that we had engaged, such as uh, the sc- uh, SCORE from SBA.gov. They have a volunteer division of business mentors, and we leveraged a lot of those resources early on. Uh, after that, it was reaching out to local breweries and brewery owners who have gone through this process and getting their feedback and input is highly beneficial as well. Even though we're all in the industry and we're all technically competitors, it's a very friendly industry and everybody wants each other to succeed. Uh, the stronger we work together as a group and the more successful we we become, um, the stronger we all become in the future. Uh, this is a great industry to be in and The best advice I think I can give is really reach out to all your peers in the industry because we're all willing to help. What's one of your favorite beers that uh, you're making at the moment? I'll I'll say it's the uh, the beer I'm drinking right now, which is the uh, the Helles Lager. I like it specifically because it's it's a light German lager, uh, not too hoppy, malt focused, and it's one of those beers that you can have at at, you know any time of the day. 
and it's not going to weigh you down and you don't have to plan your night out around it. I'm generally a German lager fan, so I'm obviously biased there. But if I had to pick another beer, it'd be the Beardless Brewer Red Ale that we do. Who in the local community is making beer that's really inspiring you at the moment? Well, since you know our preference for German-style beers, the first one I think both of us can point to would be uh, Will and Mari up in uh, Bellingham and now Skagit Valley at Chuckanut. Um, the quality of the beers that they're putting out is fantastic, and they they have a really a really great program going. Do you have a kitchen in your tasting room, or do you have food trucks come by when you're open? So we do not have a full kitchen on site. Uh, again, when we initially started discussing our plans for this business, we did consider a brew pub, but quickly changed course when we realized we didn't really know the restaurant industry. Uh, City of Seattle is great. There's a lot of food trucks in this town, and we're able to secure food trucks for particularly our Fridays and Saturdays. And it's, you know, a great partnership and beneficial for both sides to have them here, and they love coming here. So so with that, then, what is your favorite food from one of the food trucks that come by to pair with one of your favorite beers? So I'm a big fan of Shavoya's hot dogs. They do your kind of traditional Seattle dogs with cream cheese and whatever else. But they also do the bacon-wrapped hot dogs and onions and kraut. And I love what they do. It's really simple. I grew up on the East Coast, so that is right up my alley. And I think it goes well with uh, most of our beers, particularly our two-pepper pale ale. Gives a nice little bite to it. For me, the food truck that sticks out of my head is a Peasant Food Manifesto. Beth and her team, they do really really interesting and tasty takes on uh, Asian fusion food. And um, so they do this out of this world uh, kimchi mac and cheese, which I really like. And with that one, I like to pair with our, uh, our flagship mosaic IPA. It works out really well because mac and cheese is just a pretty heavy dish overall. And then it's a little bit spicy from the kimchi uh, with a little bit of tang, but then you need, you need something kind of heavy to balance it out. Heavy in flavor, um, but not too overwhelming in terms of body and things. So an IPA has a lot of that oomph that can that can balance out uh, against a, a pretty hearty dish. So since you've been here for a number of years now, do you think you would be able to see the same amount of success that you have if you were in another neighborhood in Seattle? If we were in a different neighborhood of Seattle, I do think we'd see a similar amount of success. Seattle and the entire Pacific Northwest has become very popular for the craft beer culture. I believe in the Puget Sound area, there's 70 breweries now. In Washington State, we have over 300, and then Oregon has another 300. So I think there's definitely areas of success all around Seattle right now. If we were in a different neighborhood, I'm sure we'd have a similar type of following of both fellow craft beer drinkers, people who are enthusiasts, as well as people who just want to try a new beer, who want to try out a new tasting room. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I can't believe it, but I'm now 10 episodes into this podcast series. I just want to thank everybody for their support so far and all the breweries that have taken the time to speak with me. I would like to especially thank those supporting this podcast on Patreon. If you want to help support this independently produced podcast for as little as a dollar an episode, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian beer. I would also like to thank those who have taken the time to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps promote the podcast and get the stories of these craft breweries into as many ears as possible. 
I have a lot of episodes to come and would like to hear from you. If you would like your local brewery to be featured on the podcast, please leave us a note on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer or send us a tweet at Cascadian Beer. For more information and to follow this podcast series, head to cascadian.beer. Until next time, remember, support your local.